0: Welcome to the Raleigh Bitcoin meetup. Uh, Do we think that Bitcoin's economics success is a problem in the sense that people that are getting into Bitcoin now don't seem to care as much about learning how it works and they're really just kind of rushing in for the price and the price might take off even though fewer people are kind of looking into it. Is that a good summary of the question?
1: Well, I look at it, the way I think about it is a slightly different, but so it's is, the, is what's happening now, is Bitcoin a technolo- technological success in the general public or is it an economic success? And I think it's people now believe in Bitcoin because it succeeded economically. And I don't think it's actually that bad. I think it's the only way you could have proven Bitcoin worked to anybody. That, And the reason is because the current system is so set in its ways and its logic that you couldn't make an argument to them Just with logic that they would have bought into they would have you know finagled some way around it where it wouldn't work in their heads So you just had to prove it economically But isn't that now a problem that it's only been proven economically and people don't actually understand the underlining technology
2: It's a really funny concept because when I'm sure when when all of us here first learned about Bitcoin you sort of maybe conceptually get it but then you download a wallet and like some you know buddy sends you some bitcoin and you're like whoa that's amazing it's so like you have to see it technically and then understand like the the price and stuff value behind it for it to really start to stick but it's really interesting though that it, that success might overshadow the technical success that underlies any price action or worth or anything um for me i kind of i kind of go back and forth on this because it's it's for it to be a um, like a success, you know, we talk about the internet being successful and people using the internet, but not knowing anything about how the internet works. But I think Bitcoin might be different in that when it, you know, when it takes a, a place in your life to store value or just from a level of interest or something, I think you probably, I think we're gonna see more people get interested in it technically, you know, once it is successful. Um, financially for them so i think it i think it will come first for new people get in and it you know they see some some monetary gain or something and then you 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 beef up on your technicals so i don't think it's i don't think it's a real worry for me
0: do you think it has anything to do with the fact that we're in a bull market right now because um when we're in a bull market like no one cares how the system works at all but in the bear market, people tend to do that more. And another thing is, um, it, it, I I also see it as a problem because part of the trust of this thing depends on real humans understanding how it works. Like, it, you know, that's why I like wanted to teach that class at Wake Tech was because like it it really was and kind of is important to me that. Some people really know how it works because that's like ultimately where the trust comes from. But maybe people, they don't know how it works, but they can use any block explorer they want to verify that there's still just 17.5 million bitcoins. And um, they can, so they can vary the, they can verify the monetary policy of the coin without actually running a node. So maybe that's a technical level where they don't really have to understand how it works, but they can experience the monetary policy, and maybe that's enough of an understanding. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think it's tough. I think, um, and it might just be because it's a bull market right now that we're feeling that way.
2: Well, kind of a semi-related topic to this is, do you think many people run nodes or are core devs that own no Bitcoin? Do you think that that's pretty common? No, not at all.
0: I think you'll find a lot of people that say they do.
2: <laughs> <It's good laughs> lots, lots, yeah. of, lots of... So I mean, do not own or me, do... Me, for
0: example, I've been running Bitcoin node for six years now and I don't own any.
2: <laughs> I mean, one boating accident after another is, yeah. I,
3: I uh, think yeah, that's good, Obsec. Uh, I don't know any anything else. Yeah. No, but I feel like
0: we can dig into this some more. All right. Let, all right, so what if the future unfolds where Bitcoin just becomes like more and more popular, worth more and more, but the number of people who are learning about how Bitcoin works becomes fewer, fewer and fewer? Or is that even possible? Like, is it for every hundred people that get into Bitcoin, five of them are going to want to understand how it works, no matter what?
4: That's- as the industry grows, there's more opportunities to develop Bitcoin, just like the internet. So there's going to be more people that know, you know, different levels. There's going to be somebody who knows exactly what Bitcoin is and how to use it, and then there's going to be people who know how to use, like, an email, know how to send it. There's going to be other people who just know that it works. Um,
3: going with the efficacy of what you were saying, like I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that sentiment. There'd that be a less people. There are people I don't, that won't care, like. There's people that don't care about email and don't care about internet, but like the efficacy of like technology and progress, more and people are adopted to these innovations, and hopefully because it makes their life easier, it's cheaper, et cetera. The the we were talking about paradoxes like in the in the previous like episode. So to me, Bitcoin is one that's a rationally developed like protocol, but it is irrationally economically. Why? So Wait a irrationally what? Yeah, it, it is irrationally economically irrational. So if it was rationally economical, two parties go into a transaction and say, "Hey, I've received benefits on both sides," meaning that they both parties believe that came, they came out ahead. I either given up money and received a service or a product, and it was worth it for what I provided. Bitcoin is, I would say, perfectly irrational. Because why would you spend it if you think it was going to go up? There, somebody is thinking that they're coming out ahead and one person is coming out losing, but they still go through the transaction anyway. Does that make sense or no?
0: Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. I mean, some people might have other reasons for spending Bitcoin yeah. uh, other than that. What are you going to say, Wade? Well,
1: let, me, let me do a metaphor for where I think Bitcoin is and instead use a stock. Let's, let's use the example of Weight Watchers, the company, right? And it starts out as a $10 million company. But the purpose of Weight Watchers is to help people lose weight. Now, that company could go from a $10 million company to a $10 billion company because the sales of their products goes through the roof. But what if it's not actually helping the people that buy the stuff lose weight? Is that, that's the, my analogy for Bitcoin, that it's gone up in economic value, but... If people, are we losing track of the underlying reason because people are just thinking of it as an investment as opposed to, you know, Weight Watchers was created to, you know. But the economic
3: rationality of that is that both parties went in, they exchanged money, and they got a service. It doesn't matter if they actually, the weight was lost. It was that both parties came out thinking they went ahead. They they, they, they gained from the transaction. Weight Watchers gained money. The person that's participating in Weight Watchers, they thought, hey, I got good value for what I paid. So economically, Weight Watchers is rational, regardless. It goes from 10 million to 10 billion. Bitcoin is irrational because people go in, either using it, thinking, "Hey, this is going to go up in value," but I'm using it, I'm losing it. It's it's irrational in that respect.
0: I think we're still losing weight with Bitcoin. No. I, th- I think that, you're right. No, I mean, no, I mean that in, in terms of the analogy. Like I, th- I think uh, the. The value, Bitcoin's intended purpose, you know, censorship, resistance, sound money. I think that is the losing weight of Bitcoin. And I think it, it's, it's proving to work, right? Like,
2: but I think it, it raises a good point of how many people, you know, in the... I don't know, we won't use the Weight Watchers example, but, like, how many... If there were, you know, a million people who held Bitcoin, like, what would be the minimum number of people running nodes, you know, that would make it not lose its value prop i mean could there be a point in
1: time where you know bank bitcoin's trying to bank the unbanked, but will we have to like become economically rational at some point and say oh these bank accounts are going to make us lose money let's just try to maximize value and lose half the half the world leave half the world behind
5: i kind of disagree with that sentiment i don't think i think it's a novel concept when people talk about bitcoin trying to bank the unbanked i don't think that's what bitcoin's been doing by any means like the people that are able to buy Bitcoin. And the people that are able to figure it out, are the people that have internet, that have computers, that have access to that, have access to the available time to educate themselves on what it is, uh, for the purposes of owning it. And I think that's a that's a fallacy that we've been feeding ourselves to, like uh, fuel the revolution that Bitcoin is mm-hmm. is changing. And we're also going to be helping all the, the the people that don't have. I, I think that. Bitcoin is feeding into the, the haves and and the banked and the people that have the most Bitcoin, the people that have the the money to buy Asics, and the people that have the the money to put in a couple thousand dollars early on. Um, that that disposable income. I don't know what you guys think about it. But I think that's a that's a, a fallacy we've been feeding ourselves as a, as a community for a while. I
6: think I think that's actually a really good point because there's always been something that about the whole banking the unbanked thing that felt a little bit in, disingenuous. But
5: it feels good to say it. Like yeah, I, I think yeah, there's yeah people it's, that are in bank that have got into Bitcoin and have made some money and it has changed the way they look at money. But I don't think it is going to be the revolution that we we hope it would be. I guess is the best way I can put it.
4: I think it will be the revolution. It's just a longer time frame. I mean, if you can have a bank without an ID card, that's the first step. Yeah, like you don't need anybody's permission to have a bank. So while the early adopters will be the rich, it's it's our best chance so far. You know, it's not a overnight. It's not happening as quick as I wanted it to, but I I see it as still the best possibility to bank the unbanked. So,
6: yeah, the like it's not what's happening now, but I think it is an end game because the whole reason many of the unbanked are in fact unbanked is because the barriers, like in their countries, to actually have some degree of control over your own finances, are just massive. And, uh, but I think it's also like deeply tied to kind of the the trends in technology and stuff getting like crazy, crazy treat cheap. Like the twenty dollars smartphone and stuff that'll run an app, is that it's really fintech and uh, the lower cost hardware and lower cost open source software that will eventually get us there. Um, but Bitcoin will kind of be the foundation that means they don't have to worry about what's politically happening with SWIFT or the central bank as to whether or not they have access to a global infrastructure. Um, but it's not just Bitcoin at the base layer that's going to do the trick. It's like it's like we're waiting for the HTML, in a sense, of TCP IP.
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, I understand the sentiment about, you know, the the unbanked, but I think one of the greatest prerequisites to get there is that you got to be able to transmit a message to the network, right? Yeah. And what is that? for the connection to the internet.
6: You, well, th- like, that's really that's the point that
3: that yeah. was the point I was to get at yeah. is that you have to have a connection to the internet. Meaning that if you're a Afghan farmer in the middle of nowhere and you have a cell phone but it just has SMS text, are you realistically be able to utilize this Bitcoin network? It, if you can through SMS text, that's one thing.
7: Uh, if you can,
3: then that's that's one step there. It's it blocks, custodially, Maybe, yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah, you're getting there. But as the technology progresses, as these networks that cover like the global and provide global internet access, that's where I think you'll see the whole idea of actually banking the unbanked. Like they need to have that access. Like that 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 primordial like you know the base layer the the ability to communicate very very i don't know how many afghan farmers out there are going to have access to the block like you know stream satellite like you know communication network where they can transmit a you know a a message to the the btc network through that node out there that's kind of tough that's a tall barrier i think there's going to be more fundamental requirements you know to get all these people connected once that happens i'd be very bullish about bitcoin at that point
8: the only thing i would say is that there's plenty of people in like uh, developing nations that are technically banked but it's with a state bank that anytime they want to do a simple like um, cash withdrawal they're going to get charged a pretty high fee that uh, somebody in a non-state bank would pay nothing for or even transfer that money to somebody else for a payment so i think you can go a lot more shallow and there's still a huge amount of people but it seems like maybe the cost per Bitcoin may be the thing that has to get so high that nobody has any doubt, and then they will use that alternatively to their state-owned bank.
1: I I think, would everyone around here agree that everyone is eventually going to become banked whether Bitcoin exists or not?
6: As in having, like, a global access to, like, financial instruments?
1: The financial... world wants everybody to be a customer yes i think eventually if bitcoin doesn't get to everybody ai will get to everybody because the basic ability to have a form of money that you can buy something over the internet even if you're a very poor person just being able to do buy something with a card or to get a small like a micro loan is going to get to everybody
3: i agree with that sentiment my only fear is is that if you think about like the ico craze and the scams that have happened don't you think that would happen to the ones that have never experienced it before? They're gonna go through this, like, trial by fire, where they realize, oh sh- shit, we, this is not good. This is not the real deal. Like,
1: oh, I, I meant well, yeah, that regular that, banks were gonna yeah. to get to everybody. It was either cryptocurrency is gonna to get to everyone, or J.P. Morgan is gonna to get to the whole world. Um, but
0: you gotta have an ID. To get a JP Morgan, rank. like well, but that's how, gonna how,
4: change.
2: But
0: how, how much of the world C- is C- undocumented? Is important. Yeah.
4: yeah,
2: but Bank. that's Send gonna change K- though. Yeah. Once you know, once the face scanning stuff and okay. banks yeah. won't launder my money. So um, <laughs> I think they will. So, I'm pretty so, sure they will. I think so they'll adapt to my bag size. I
1: don't know.
0: But but there, there's a relationship here. There's a relationship here with like government identification. Like, does the government need to issue everyone and ID in order for them to get a bank account or are you saying that banks are just going to try to do facial recognition on people for them to get bank accounts now
3: they're behind the curve they're the, the whole idea and premise of like bitcoin the protocol being bank, banking them bank is that you don't need any of that yeah but he's yeah. saying the normal banks the, well the normal right. again normal banks would be behind the curve i mean you but. would
2: you would think they it has to happen wait like mm. you know people want to like governments and banks and everybody wants to get these people plugged into the system I mean it seems crazy that they would not want that right
5: how many free toasters can they give away that's the real question oh, I'm, sorry. How many free, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry how many free toasters can they give away no I think you got a good point you know I, I think that it would it would approach saturation there would be a saturation point where there's just people that are gonna and it's gonna be such a small minuscule amount of people eventually that would be just desirous of having no interaction with the bank, but it would be near enough to zero that it would make no difference. That, I think it's a good point.
6: I think, the, I think the goal of the banks, though, is to bring in customers that are going to make them money. Like somebody who's going to have $2, $5 to their name in a week. Is of no importance to them. It's just yeah, but you can charge thirty percent transaction
2: fees,
5: man. I I actually disagree with that. I think that if you look at where banks have been making their money historically, it's on the the bulk of people that are low income or middle class. They make their they make their money in overdraft fees Mm -hmm. and like in um,
6: international transfers. Yeah, you send money
5: to family back home. They are going to bulk up on on um, uh, posting profits off the people that have got less than five hundred dollars in the bank. Yeah, but I, I would really argue. That's the
6: case. I, I would argue that part of that is in how restricted their markets are. Though is that they, they're not going to open a bank in a politically poor or unstable like environment. That's not easy. Have you seen Franklin County? There's like them. sixty
5: banks in Franklin County. <laughs> Franklin County. <laughs> that's, that's all those Does things that you just Did that just? what <laughs> is that? Did that just destroy my whole argument? Yeah, you, you, just, you just done goofed, bro. <laughs>
7: So, I mean, in that case, like, do we even care about banking the unbanked at this point? If, it, it doesn't seem like the banks really care. I mean, I know Libra comes out and they say they want to bank the unbanked, but is this a serious issue for Bitcoin adoption?
1: Well, I think Facebook might be serious about it. I think Facebook might realize that the, the people at the very bottom will be good customers to have five years down the line, ten years down the line. And also, just as an investor... And looking at how the investment world works, if you could repackage microloans into something that could be traded, like if you could just loan goats to people, like $50 loans to 10,000 people, someone wants to trade that. Someone thinks that it could outperform other markets.
5: Does anyone know how Cash App is making money? Like I I downloaded it the other day. What's their model?
2: Well, they have a spread in buying and selling. And it's like you know, two, three percent spread, and they just you make the spread. talking about for Bitcoin or just
5: everything? Oh, no, I'm just talking about just that people that are that are getting on Cash App to put some dollar bills on there. I've got a I've got a 18 uh, year old nephew who owns I think two or three hundred bucks in Bitcoin that I gave him a while ago. And uh, he got a card from Cash App, and he puts some cash on there, and goes around with a big swinging dick, like he's got a like he's got a card. There's, like he's been banked by them, right? Yeah. I mean, can we is is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah. that Cash App's Yeah, because you, you
8: can people? ACH deposit to your Cash yeah. App account. But
5: like they're doing a hell of a job, but how are they making money off those people?
6: They have, uh, I think it's fees on. Uh, with uh,
1: on the speed of deposit, I think you'll get your money either way. But if you want it right now, you and, can get it deposited in seconds. Yeah. Then you have to
6: pay with a few, like a 10 or $12 fee or whatever, based on like, I think like a percentage or whatnot, like maybe like one percent or something. So
5: like the, the idea that I think big banks aren't interested in, um, the unbanked, I think is a bit of a non sequitur because look at who's financing these kinds of companies. You know, Cash App, I don't, I don't know who did Cash App, but it's got to be a bunch of hedge funds behind it. It's Jack Dorsey. Are you? Yes, so, Square. So yeah, but the so holders like,
8: of these companies are not majorly Jack Dorsey. Jack
5: Dorsey. Yeah, so, so I think the banks do care about going off the markets, uh, small markets with with really young people. I mean, my, my 16-year-old niece wants to get Cash App and get a debit card. and and I, And I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's a good idea that she does it, so long as there's some control and she exercises some caution. But I think that they're smart enough to know that they can't get them to come in for a toaster anymore. And a free checking account is not the way to do it. I think you've got to give it to them on their cell phone, like Cash App's doing.
6: The other thing is uh, Square charges fees for merchants or whatever, so that may also be kind of a loss leader for getting as many people on board their platform as possible to immediately, like, by the way, are you opening up a business? Why don't you switch your Cash App over right over to business, which you actually can do right in your settings? Is change it to a business, and you get
5: like a two percent fee or something like that. So, uh, what was the original premise of this conversation?
0: Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna try to get back to that. Yeah. No, well, sort of. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm gonna get back to the premise of. I guess the the premise <laughs> is, uh, will will banks Will banks reach the unbanked before Bitcoin does? Maybe I'm not sure. But but one thing I wanted to add to this was we're all talking about the banks providing services, but we're not talking about the quality of the underlying money. Yeah. So like, yeah. The, yeah, so like banks can provide U.S. dollars or something, but like the underlying money being a sound money and being a censorship resistant money, you know, that's a higher quality money than a government money. So I don't know yeah. if banks will be able to I compete with that.
2: I don't know uh, too much about the banked versus unbanked situation in Argentina, but today their currency just dumped like 30%. Mm. So it doesn't yeah. matter if you're banked yeah, or unbanked. Banked. You're yeah. kind of screwed. Right. Yeah.
9: I mean, I think it would take a, a large-scale collapse of the U.S. dollar before that scenario plays out. I think still in the future, there's going to be a, a, a sizable majority of people that will still use government-run currencies because it's not necessarily... Just whether or not it collapses or not, it's relative to the entire playing field. How is my currency doing? And that's literally why the USD has been in a, in, a, in a place of supremacy. Is because if you compare the USD to the pound, to the euro, to the yen, to the yuan, yes, they're all losing value, but which is losing faster than the other? I think so. I think I think overall, I think people will still use those type of currencies, um, and I still and I I still think that banking services will still exist. Um, mainly, it will become specialized for the, the, the wealthy. Maybe they won't necessarily just provide the ability to bank, but there's going to be a whole host of services, like state planning, tax planning, this planning, that planning. You know, I, there, There's ways for them to still survive and have a niche.
1: One thing that when you were talking about fiat currencies that, that just occurred to me is the weird existence of fiat currencies that are multiple countries so that the euro as far as a fiat currency why was anyone loyal to the euro at all why would if you're italian you're going to use the europe's currency instead of bitcoin you're you know you're that has nothing to do with italy it's you know that's pretty vague so i think you could see adoption there like drop pretty fast also the euro is always trying to collapse brexit is always trying to collapse it italy's trying to exit Greece is always trying to exit. So that one seems particularly mm-hmm. precarious as try, far as trying to keep a, some sort of national loyalty to a currency that's not nationalist.
2: Well, especially with, you know, Italy and Greece, you know, falling off a cliff in Spain as well, and Germany trying to hold everything together with the euro. Like, if the euro starts, you know, to crumble, like, there's a huge, you know, prisoners dilemma in that situation of trying to rush for the exits and not be the last one holding all the euros, you know? Yeah.
9: And you can argue that the euro is in the process of, of crumbling. Um, you've got a lot of negative yield and debt that's swirling around there. Um, and you've got a lot of structural issues with Europe and uh, from a demographic standpoint. Um, and just basically how, how the euro was patched together. It, there are a lot of problems for them to overcome. And they're constantly getting attacked by individual countries threatening to leave the euro. So they've, they've just got a whole host of problems that they need to sort out.
1: Everybody who's not Germany or France knows that they're second-class citizens in yes. the eurozone. Yes, um,
0: And that, when you're talking about it's all relative, like every, you know, the money is relative to another countries, um, if Bitcoin is in that equation too, I mean, what well, do you think Bitcoin is in that equation of being relative to? Because if it is, then that changes a lot for if I'm going to be, choose to be banked by a fiat bank or be banked by Bitcoin. I mean, do you, is that in the conversation, the relative conversation?
9: I think eventually once it, no, it's not now, but I think it'll, once it reaches a, a breaking point to where banks and other institutions begin to use Bitcoin as to send value across the globe, I think then we can revisit that so next conversation. Week. Yeah, next <laughs> week. That's all next I'm saying. <laughs> I think
6: I've been trying to figure out what, is, what exactly bothers me with the term like banking the unbanked. Like what what do we mean by banking?
1: It's, it's and, too Silicon Valley, you know? It could be any well, project, it, any startup could be claiming to bank the unbanked and you would never believe them. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, an analogy that comes to mind is like akin to thinking of, like, are we going to figure out how to get everybody a landline when the internet is born? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's not the point. We want to change the idea of finance and banking and make it an open system. And uh, I think, I mean, I agree with Jameer that I think, like, we're going to have the opposite of getting rid of like the idea of banks, quote-unquote, but that we'll actually have an explosion of financial services in little niche markets that have never been possible before and little, like, micro-loans and things. And in the realm of, like, the idea of, like, possibly fiat currency still being around, like maybe a majority of people, I think that will be analogous to the idea of your grandma has a landline, but everything's packet-switching on the back end. Um, It's all over the internet. It's not a phone network anymore. It's it's the internet.
3: I think a more specific application about the banking, the unbanked, is that when Andreas talks about like how difficult it is for him, even though he is a, uh, I think, British national, but he was born in Iran. And so if he mentions that in any financial situation, like he wants to, let's say, open a bank account in the United States Oh, yeah, place, of yeah, place of birth, yeah. Place of birth, Iran. Well, the moment he puts that in there, next, yeah. can't open a, open up a bank account, can't transfer money. Yeah. Uh, that's the I think one of the premises of the idea of banking the unbanked is that you are in a a, a financial blacklist if you come from certain countries or trying to send money to certain countries. So I think that's what the primary benefits of the idea of banking the unbanked. I think we're Maybe you know missing the perspective of like what provide what it provides is that it is borderless, you know, censorship resistant. I mean, it that that you are able to control the very money, be it fiat, and then transport it into a mechanism that goes globally, that you literally can just take it anywhere. That is a very powerful function, I think, because yeah, I mean, you do not have control of your birth certificate. Like if you are born in Iran, that's it. Like you have to display that to whoever
0: checks against it. Good point. Uh, I just wanted to add when we talk about unbanked, another, you know, I'm like an American. I don't don't know what it's like, you know, in third world countries, but some unbanked that we have here are teenagers. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously other populations too, but um, I remember, so we used to have this meetup at Starbucks (laughs) and... One time, I walked into the, I reserved the conference room, but there were these freaking teenagers in there, and I was trying to kick them out, and I was like, but I was like, oh, you guys can say We're having a Bitcoin meetup here. If you guys want to stay, you guys know what Bitcoin is. And they looked at me and they're like, of course we know what Bitcoin is. <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah, yeah, they they had Bitcoin wallet apps on their phone. Like, so that that's another class of the unbanked is just the young. Yeah, if you think of so. the
4: government as your parents. And then you have your real parents as a teenager. You can essentially do whatever you want if you have Bitcoin. You don't have to go, hey, Dad, can I borrow your credit card? I want to buy this game. It's just I'm going to buy the game and create something on it.
6: That should be, that should be our new campaign. Instead of banking the unbank, it's going to be like, fuck your parents. Do what you want. <laughs> so,
2: so it's like your sketchy Uncle Bitcoin. You're like, <laughs> he'll let you do anything.
9: So, so this is an idea oh, that – like you <laughs> So this is an idea that kind of just came to me, um, (laughs) that just came to me about um, the, the relationship that could arise between Bitcoin and banks. So one of the biggest reasons that traditional banks don't provide services to underprivileged communities, I mean, number one, capital is part of that, but another is data. They don't, if they want to extend credit to you, how do they know if you're credit worthy? How do you know that you're going to pay it back? And so what I think may actually end up happening is that if Bitcoin reaches that level of adoption and a lot of those underprivileged communities begin to use uh, Bitcoin for their everyday or part of their everyday lives, they don't have to use it for everything but just some way. Well, that's data now that I'm sure that somebody in the future can now mine and figure out. Before, we didn't know anything about your preferences but now we know that you're a credit worthy borrower and I can see banks um, bootstrapping off the backs of it and using that data to get new customers. I can definitely yeah. see that possibly happening.
0: I wonder if um, the Bitcoin community wouldn't like that because it'd require too much like personal identity to be associated with their financial data. Or, or would it in that situation? Or? So
9: I don't think, so I think it's gonna depend. Um, like right now, if you if you're not using the the, taking the appropriate measures, somebody can sniff you out of what, what address is linked to you. And I think a lot of those, unless we say we get you know new upgrades, are going to be exposed to that. So whether they want it or not, banks are going to be able to mine that data and get a get a sense for the customers or any particular customers on what they're spending on. Because if Amazon's accepting it, Walmart's accepting it, this is accept, accepting it, and maybe they are requiring some sort of Maybe not KYC, but they they're able to just to know who you are because you've made repeated purchases. That's that's data. You're giving them information about you, and I'm I don't think that the banks wouldn't take that data or try to find a way to take that data, make sense of it, and then go after new customers.
8: Or or somebody will front you the credit because like Sears and all the old merchants. I mean, they gave you credit even if it was like the store in your community you got a credit line and then you proved you could pay it and then you get a bigger one yeah Uh, would that credit line be fiat credit line
0: though because it'd be a lot harder for the banks to extend a Bitcoin credit line with the whole sound money stuff
9: it's a good question I don't know exactly what it would be but I know that as far as I think I think in the in the in the context of banks still being here being relevant and i don't know maybe i don't know if at to the same degree of power that they have now but still being very powerful entities i can definitely see them shifting and molding their business model with the times like those that don't they're going to die out but there are there are a lot of s- savvy executives who are aware of the trends that's coming and instead of fighting it they're skipping fighting and going straight to How do I mold and shift myself into a new business model that's going to be profitable in the future? And I can definitely see them trying to use Bitcoin as it.
7: Yeah, I kind of, when we talk about Bitcoin success, I kind of don't imagine banks being around in that fashion. Even with any maneuvering that they do, I don't really see them succeeding on top of Bitcoin because at the end of the day, they're still enforcing KYC. They're going to have to enforce KYC somehow. Um, they're still going to be doing you know, credit checks. It's going to be really hard to do that on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't see that happening. Now, unless someone had like a smart contract type of system on Bitcoin, which I think some form of that is on Bitcoin, maybe that could work. But other than that, I think, like you said before, Steve, this is more of a revolution in how we handle money at this point with Bitcoin, and I think people are gonna to have to go through another learning process of, okay, there might be a stage where it's just Bitcoin, no banks, possibly no real credit that, no real credit system that we were used to back then, where people were just handing out credit willy-nilly. You know, this, this is like, okay, you have hard money here. Um, if you do want credit, someone's actually loaning you cash, you know, not cash, but um, actual Bitcoin, which is gonna be very rare to do.
3: So. so going to your statement about whether banks exist, I think they will because there will be a segment of the population that literally just they won't care. They they want yeah. the custodial aspect of it, but I think this is this is the benefit that will happen because I just don't I don't I don't, I don't foresee banks like not existing anymore. Uh, what will happen is that there will be an option for the people that are like, hey, I don't want to use the bank. I will be the bank. I will wholly take the responsibility of every action that I take. the finances are my own and my own trust B-Y-O-B. I, I yeah. Yeah. yes yeah. yes you yes and, 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 <laughs> yeah, But that doesn't mean that will be the death of banks because it will be in the normal bell curve, a segment of the population that says, hey, I don't want to be my own bank. I want somebody yeah. else to take the responsibility and they can, they can take care of it for me that, so that's. That's kind of what I was going to say. So one, I
9: think the banks, if we get to that scenario where they, well, they're already in that scenario where they're buying Bitcoin, whether they're telling you or not. So they're accumulating. Um, they may be able to provide lending services to people, and they can still require KYC in that capacity. I mean, they won't, it won't be on it, but it'll say, if you want to do services and hold and park your Bitcoins at a bank, we need to know who you are and especially the wealthy, because they don't care. So, they, the wealthy yeah. don't, they wealthy really don't care. They just want to offload yeah. any counterparty risk onto another party.
7: Yeah, but my problem is, though, once we're at that level, just like Mt. Gox was a custodial-based exchange, once Bitcoin is there and banks are all over Bitcoin, these guys are getting hacked left and right. They're gonna get hacked. They're gonna get dis- yeah. slaughtered, right? What does that do for Bitcoin's reputation? That's good. I, I mean, it's I, 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 not your it keys, is. not
2: your coins,
3: man. Yeah, yeah right. I, I think it's largely well, not largely, but I think it's irrelevant because, yeah, the, the the premise of security that Bitcoin provides is that it's a singular aspect of it that you are in control of your keys, uh, that you alone are the, the sanctity, and you have the, the your castle in your domain. So the, the the twofold problem that I see is that one the, the reason why people will probably utilize banks still even regarding with Bitcoin is that it's like the idea of why um, uh, Warren Buffett doesn't really care about Bitcoin. Why? He's an old white man that is worth billions. He doesn't have any hardships. The man on a whim could be like, oh yeah, I want to I want to buy Disney World for the day. Like I just want to go there for my grandchildren who I have 80 of them. I just don't want anybody there, I'll buy it. This man doesn't have any hardships. He doesn't care about banking the unbanked. The man has limitless resources. The second thing that he has access to, unlimited financial opportunity. All these like derivatives, options, and futures, he extends the very dollar that he has. He can extend it to like, all right, now I get a return of like 3,000% if I invest in this mechanism or that mechanism. It, he has no so, barriers He has yeah. no bar- financial barriers Just whatsoever no. So the very people that utilize Bitcoin at first regardless of whether or not they go into a bank is that now we have the, the entrance into like you know a, a, a financial mechanism that's global access but the people like I would say around this table have access to financial markets that are far superseding beyond that. Micro lending, like you know, loans, mortgage, you know, various like you know, startups. Uh, yeah, startups, like you know, Kickstarters, crowdfunding, far beyond what just Bitcoin provides. But, but it's, the population, the global population, doesn't have access to that. But I so mean, that's
7: that. What's the difference between that and fiat at this point, right? There's and, no difference. Yeah. People won't even be able to differentiate, okay, then why is Bitcoin around? I just use U.S. dollars at that yeah. point. I mean, that has to be a clear reason why people would shift from what they're using now to Bitcoin. Based on your, what you described, yeah. I don't I I see people shift. Yeah, that
1: at, at that point, we're not necessarily building a better bank, we're building a better currency, yeah. which is why they're going to switch to Bitcoin. So, so
3: the premise is that the banks would, would take whatever, everything that they provide, which which based on fiat, and then the underlying protocol not fiat anymore is bitcoin yeah
7: like that's that's I, I i definitely understand that but if you add so many the banks are going to put some some fucking layers on this thing right sorry for cursing they want sorry their for cursing yeah. sorry for cursing but yes, they they're want. gonna put layers not just lightning protocol layer mm-hmm. two they're gonna put like layer 99 on freaking <laughs> 1000 on this thing <laughs> it's not gonna bitcoin will not be recognizable after they're done with this thing so i'm that's my worry is like okay we have a really strong core currency, mm-hmm. but when the banks have their hands on it and they're doing like um, some crazy whatever manipulation they do, is this going to hurt or help Bitcoin? Well, when you say I, manipulation, what do you mean?
2: Well, I, I mean, for me, it gets, it gets back to like the peer-to-peer network of the yeah. Bitcoin protocol. And that's why, like for me, yeah. like I yeah. think back in, you know, back many years ago, <clears throat> back, you know, version point. Zero 08 or something of Bitcoin Core, or whatever, you know, way back. Like, if you were to try and sync that client today, it might not ever sync because it's so slow and the, you know, the pace at which blocks come out now, Just it wouldn't catch up. But now, you know, if you have a good connection and you're running most current version of Core, whatever, 18 or whatever we're at now, um, you know, it can sync in a couple hours or a day or something, you know, if you have a really good connection. Um, but what what interests me is, we, we, we started the conversation talking about the person, you know, the, the goat farmer in Afghanistan. Like, do, technically, do, do you guys see things coming on the horizon that are going to make it you know, exponentially that much easier for that person to, to run a full node and to be his own bank in a Bitcoin sense?
3: Just one quick thing was that um, so to answer your question about like all the layers that they're adding. They're not adding it at the core, right? They're adding at the edges. So it's, it doesn't matter. It's regardless because the core is still solid. They can, you, they can add whatever they want, like beyond, beyond you know, the second layer, you know, whatever. But the core is still solid. Yeah. Like there's, they can put KYC to say, if you want
9: us to have custody of your assets, we, we didn't know who you are, yada, yada, yada. But it's like cash. If I want to buy something from you, And you agree to sell something to me? It can be under the table and we can use Bitcoin. I think it has much further reach because of that elementary nature where the core of the ethos of what Bitcoin was here for was just that. Like everything else is just getting a little bit more complex, but if you break it down to its elementary parts, it's the fact that if I pull out a $5 bill and I wanna buy something from you, I don't want anybody to transact or know what I'm purchasing, I can do that as long as you're willing to sell me something yeah. for 5 And it's all
2: yeah. opt-in stuff, you know, yeah. like consortium of banks can, can create layer 99 or 999 on top, yeah. but like, you don't have to run lightning if you don't want to, you don't have to run the bank layer. If you don't want to just run the base layer and you'll be fine.
1: I have a question that I don't know the answer to, which is when did banks emerge? Was it something that like ancient Rome had or when, when did we transition
2: That's a good
1: when, when did we transition from I'm a rich guy, I'll loan to you cuz you need some money to I need a middleman to handle that. Like what what
2: is a bank really I, doing? I think it was back in the 1500s or something. Was it with the Medici's? <laughs> yeah, but basically the, I think the reason that came about is because like say you're a bookie and you've only got you know a thousand dollars to lend out, and if if you lend two hundred to one person and they stiff you, you're fucked. You're out of business. You know you lost like twenty percent of your whole portfolio. So you needed a bigger and bigger pool of assets to be able to lend to where it decreases your risk per unit. So you know lending, you know big big groups of people lending just turned into banks, and that's how it happened okay
0: all right so i'm gonna to try to tie together what daniel asked a little bit with like the later stuff and um i think it all comes down to how many people can run nodes on the base layer right like and i actually i slightly disagree with you i think you could run version 0.8 of the bitcoin core software and i think it could catch up um if you're on like a decent computer like it's it, you know, I at point .7, that's what I saying. Oh, point .7, <laughs> oh yeah, point, yeah forget point .7, no, no, point .7 like, yeah, um, <laughs> Check me. I guess I guess I was saying that because um, it's it's not the case that you have to have the latest version of the Bitcoin software and a fast computer and a fast connection in order to keep up these days, and it's not that way because the Bitcoin community has like made sure to keep the minimal yeah. re- requirements. Well, and that's my point as well. That, like, yeah
2: over time it gets easier to run a node not harder right so what i'm looking yeah, exactly. forward to is like what are the big things that are going to make running a node a lot easier yeah. in the future like a couple that come to mind are tash U you tree xo thing yeah there's another one where it kind of like i forget the name of it maybe it's like jim posing or something but it's it's kind of like jump starts you on the network so you you know you you validate the last five thousand blocks or something And assume valid, I think assume valid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you get up to speed and then you start back at the beginning and then you run back through everything. But,
0: but no, wait, let me just finish my tying it together is um, so if we do like layer 99 and people like keep on doing these other layers on top of the main layer and then like some kind of fractional reserve happens in these bigger layers, like, yeah, you're right. Like that's probably going to happen. And there might be a community somewhere where everyone trades inside of that layer 57 or something and they don't really care that it's like inflated or fractionally reserved a little bit. But if there is enough base layer runners, it's like a built-in audit system and that upper layer can be asked to collapse down to the bottom layer. And if they fail, then they fail and nobody's gonna bail them out. And I think that's really cool. Like.
2: Like a week ago or something, I heard somebody talk about Mount Gox in that way, to where they were just running a fact- fractional reserve, and you can't do that with Bitcoin. And like just well, thinking you can, about, you can get caught. It, mm-hmm. You That's can't do it for thing. the long term. Like, That's
6: the thing is, it 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 can never be systemic again. Yeah. Like as soon as as soon as Bitcoin becomes the back end for all of this stuff, fractional reserve is the equivalent of Mount Gox, and it lasts just as long—about six months before it collapses. And again, you've you've got it collapsing back to a layer that's fully auditable and verifiable in a matter of, like, well, seconds if you've already got a node and hours if you don't. Um, Which again, is only gonna get easier and easier as time goes on. Uh, And because of that, I don't think it will result, like back to your question, or your um, point, was that I don't think it will do anything with the reputation of Bitcoin in the same way that like, when companies like Equifax or whatever gets hacked and leaks tons of personal data, nobody goes, oh, the internet sucks. You know, like, like it's not, like, everybody's mad at Equifax for being shitty. Um, and, like... And, <laughs> and
3: they still exist. Like, that, that <laughs> to me, is fucking puzzling. Like, how could you lose $220 million, like, 200 million records that allow you to create and just scam any, any one of those people, and that company still exists? That, to me, is... A, Confounded. And they gave people coupons to, uh, to buy their uh, services. Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coupons!
7: Gave people coupons. Because shit. But um, happens. I think these are, these are great. These are. <laughs> these, that's
3: these, that's how know, they look you know, at you, it. You don't even get the $125? No, it's a coupon. Yeah, no, they wanted you They wanted you to utilize the uh, credit like protection yes. system. Right. They want. They don't want you to claim the 125 They don't want you to be. Your your own bank and secure your own like right. identity. They want you to take the services that they're going to provide. Right. And so it's their- basically store credit. Yeah.
7: Right. It's like come on. <laughs> but but uh, back to all all these points here. I mean. Let's let's use the Afghan farmer. Right. Let's say there's like a thousand of these guys. In Bitcoin's current state, these guys probably cannot run Bitcoin nodes at this point.
6: No. Yeah.
7: So. Who's going to reach them first? A bank that says, hey, we're holding custodial Bitcoin, or Steve, who's mm. you know, a Bitcoin ev- evangelist, right? Who'll teach them how to run nodes and have them running nodes in a couple of weeks or something like that, right? I, oh, the, well. bank, the bank will, will, will reach them first, give them their IOU Bitcoins. 10 years later, they're going to be using the system, tra- you know, trading or dealing with these IOU Bitcoins. The bank gets hacked. These thousand Bitcoin, <laughs> these thousand Afghan farmers who had Bitcoin are gonna hate Bitcoin really
2: bad. They're it's gonna have to sell their Lambos, man. It's gonna be a pitfall. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the, the banks
0: could do that with fiat money too. Like, uh, uh, that's what I'm it's not Bitcoin making that problem
7: worse. They don't know that. though. But no. I, I think there's. At least
9: they blame
4: Bitcoin. Yes. They don't it's know that. Yeah. So, um, so I think so, so problem. Um,
6: Okay. Um, i I think i think there's two i think there's two assumptions here that about like the market maturity is that the fallout from losing someone's bitcoin is not the same story as the fallout from losing someone's data at equifax most people i'm like the number of people who are exposed in equifax I, I don't even know. I have no idea if I'm attached to that company in any way with like business or anything. But my data may very well be in it for the just the sheer number. Like it's probably there. Well, it's
3: not just that, but you can to imagine it's 220 million like you know citizens of the United States. Um, it may not be you directly, but uh, it's a good chance that it's somebody was purchased. Know. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 somebody in a direct relation, like like oh, one okay. degree away from you, yeah. like, that they've been compromised in some way. Like yeah,
6: um, but because of that, like I'm not where's how's it personally affecting me right now like i'm not really, I'm like oh god Equifax is stupid, but you know like i'm not I'm not changing my behavior but if some if a bank lost the bitcoin of two hundred and twenty million people and mine was there, yeah. that's a whole different story is i'm losing my mind. Why did I use this service why was why were they at all attached to what I was doing so In the terms of like the fallout, like the market maturity, I don't think Custodial will look like it does today. Um, And I think stuff like Casa and Breeze Wallet, Lightning and stuff. I think Lightning is a huge innovator in terms of that, in the fact that you can hold half a key with a time lock contract. And with things like UTree xo Taproot, all of these things. There's no reason to have any relationship with any institution that has a key involved in your coins that does not have a time lock for a failsafe, because it won't take any it won't take any space on the blockchain. There will be no reason not to write that in any custodial relationship, and sure? I think the market will go that way quick yeah. for the couple of people who do get screwed.
3: You, I think distilled, like trying to take it in the simplest form. I think the race will be. Understanding and education—that mm-hmm. Afghan farmer, at some point, must understand at its core, like you know, point. Well, how does it all work? I, I disagree here. The, what's, yeah. what's yeah. I disagree thing. strongly. You ask yeah. everyone at this
7: table who uh, who fully understands the U.S. Well, dollar. Yeah. Well, I don't well, still understand what the U.S.
1: dollar. Uh, is. Here, here, here's the <laughs> here, here's the metaphor I'd use. You're our best bet. <laughs> you are all we got. The, the world would be a much worse place if you had to be a mechanic to drive a car
5: mm.
1: we do, you, I don't not want Afghan farmers to run Bitcoin nodes unless they want to
5: I, I think, the think listeners the- are both Afghan farmers <laughs> <laughs> you guys are fucked
1: up <laughs> like
0: wait I, I thought we started this podcast with you wanting people to understand Bitcoin more <laughs>
1: But Well, I want them to use it. I, I don't – I'm talking about more financial speculation on the economic value than the underlying thing. If, the, if we could get a loan to someone in Afghanistan and they could just barely connect to another node for five minutes but it gets it done, that's good enough because they needed Bitcoin and Bitcoin got to them. I don't think you need a constant connection and be syncing every 10 minutes the latest block. You just
5: need to use Bitcoin. When this conversation started, we started with a question on the whiteboard. And I don't, I don't think you need to understand how to refine gold to hold yes. gold, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think that, that uh, as things go along, there are going to be a lot more people that are uh, unwilling and uninterested to learn what Bitcoin actually is. Yes. yes. But that doesn't affect its success. Yes. I think that there're always going to be people that don't understand how the currency works or what what, what makes it tick.
9: Well, I, I think in the future I think if we kind of take the maybe the analogy of the computers in the 60s or these big massive things that had took two rooms to like compute something that There's now a something computers. Right. Right. Something <laughs> that's something you know. but, that, <laughs> <me. laughs> but but that's something on <laughs> <laughs> so that's something um, that our phones could outcompute compute the computer, the best computers back then. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a similar situation where, right now, running a node takes a lot of a, a decent amount of know-how in order to do it. But I do think it's getting easier and easier over time. To eventually, I think it's going to get to the point where you can run a full node on your phone. Yeah, I think so too. And so then that's that eliminates the problem of there of mm-hmm. worrying about like whether or not you can validate your transactions or not or you can trust them because you can run a node from your phone and do your own transactions. So I don't think it's going to be special in the future like it is now when you say I run my own node, full node.
2: Yeah. I totally agree with you and I think it I think our our puny lizard brains are having trouble conceptualizing <laughs> how how banks are going to look in the future, how everything's going to look in the future. We just we're trying to overlay today's world onto how all this stuff's going to happen. Right. I think it's just going to blow our minds how it's going to actually look.
1: I'd also like to say, everyone dismiss my winded banks emerge. <laughs> <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> hey. I, I and oh, no. yeah, but, well, But the point is, if Greece didn't need banks and Rome didn't need banks, and they built these amazing civilizations that probably hold up intellectually with what we have today and for the last couple hundred years, then probably banks are this this technology that could go away in the same way nation states could go away and fiat could go away, that it's an option, but it's not it's something you absolutely need to have in
6: the future. Uh, banks actually are, um, I, I Wikipedia'd it while the thing went in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it's actually 2000 B.C. Banking changed a lot, like between, um, well, what we think of as modern banks really weren't, you know, like we didn't. We, they weren't depositing gold and then getting notes or an app, obviously. Um, but <laughs> uh, but what the purpose? The original purpose of banking was uh, to deposit so that um, you could just earn interest because they were trying to loan between countries and farming and stuff. It was it was really kind of an agricultural coordinator Um, like an afghan farmer like an afghan farmer yeah
9: (laughs) so kind of building kind of building on that um in the past uh the the big banks of two three thousand years ago were temples Mm -hmm. like they would keep gold and silver and anything that was precious in there because one the reason why they did that is for security i think that's a huge thing because back in those days people could go on a raid and go into a city and sack the city and take all the gold and take all the silver and take everything of value. Well, if you put it in a temple and you consider that temple holy, you're not going to sack it. That's a bank.
6: Who won't sack? It? What? <laughs> well, no, so, I mean, so if you're I'll so sack so, it. Yeah. so <laughs> the point is, is that a
9: Guys lot of those people put it like a, like a holy ground. Like right. there was this yeah. understanding what among you cultures that. Yeah you may believe something different i may believe something different but there's like a holy ground where you don't go there's like a respect and reverence for other people's beliefs and other deities or things like that and so that was initially the first place in which they would store money which was in a temple and then it evolved from that to an institution like a bank and then then you get into the modern banking
0: Mm. so it's like you want us to see banks as sacred places of worship? It used to. It used like, to be. <laughs>
6: no, we want to understand that Bitcoin is bringing that worship back to yes. us. This is how we should think of Bitcoin services and keys.
0: Um, I don't know if we want to stay with history of banks. Anybody? Else wants to do that. I, but I, I do have a, a comment that we haven't talked about, about the Afghan farmer.
8: <laughs> um, getting back to <laughs> Afghan
0: farmer, man. Yes. I'll never leave you, Afghan farmer. I'm staying <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, uh, one, uh, one aspect that we haven't talked about yet is how the information gets to him. So, like, we do Bitcoin meetups here. We also watch TV. Like, um, how does information arrive to the Afghan farmer about what this new form of banking is and his options for the new form of banking. What advertisements does he see? Like, what friends does he talk to? What web pages does he go to? And um, I've got a real simple answer. Just ban advertising. I hate commercials so much. <laughs> Anyone who advertises just needs to be killed. Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just want to make a <laughs> quick shout-out. <laughs> uh, quick oh
4: shout-out to Salt Lending. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, because, okay, because, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little strong. I take that back. Can we, can, can we edit that out, Jay? Um No, but uh, when you were talking about how the banks were going to be the first to reach the Afghans, I think that's because the banks have such a strong advertising budget. But if, if the farmer doesn't value advertising and only values information that he learns from a trusted friend, if that's the only information that he'll take seriously, then Bitcoin might have a better chance than yeah. the banks do. But,
5: but by that logic, he's like equally likely to get into some uh, multi-level marketing <laughs> by way. A <laughs> <up> company. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe I mean, but like if we think about this meetup, like it's harder for that kind of BS stuff to exist person to person than it is from advertiser to consumer, I think. I know, I'm just anti-advertising, whatever.
7: Look at at how um, Cash App works, right? When you first get onboarded on Cash App, that's not your Bitcoin at first, right? So that, I mean, the farmer, let's just say the farmer has a friend and he's like, hey, how do I get Bitcoin? Oh, just download Cash App. At that point, he's onboarded on an IOU at first. And he might use it as an IU without ever doing the full KYC check and claiming his keys. And cash app can easily get taken down, hacked, whatever. And he's had a bad experience. But I, I you know, I think it was either you or Daniel that that uh, brought it up that made me actually think about it. If my bank did get hacked, right? The Bank of America lost all my money. I actually wouldn't think of it as like, oh, the U.S. dollar sucks. At first, I would think of it like, Bank of America's trash, right? (laughs) Chase is trash, trash. (laughs) right? I would have to do some really serious research to understand like, oh, the U.S. dollar is actually pretty flawed, and this is why this happened. So yeah, I kind of take some of my comments back, but at the end of the day, it's still a reputation hit, at least I consider, a reputation hit if... Someone is doing IOU Bitcoin, they get hacked, those users who are using that service of IOUs have a bad experience at the end of the day. You know but you know? then
3: are you ignoring the people that have discovered it without going through that custodial system? So let's say they just hear about Bitcoin, so they hear about the Cash App, but then they hear about, well, well then what's what, what's Bitcoin Core? Like, what's Bitcoin.org? Like, the just the underlying basis of it. Well, then how do I get that? Well, then you got localbitcoin.com, then you got, well, other mechanisms for oh i have some i'm going to be able to like airdrop it or i'm going to buy uh, you know directly from cash you need to have a wallet all right what's a wallet then you go to this kind of like investigative spiral of determining well what is the underlying technology behind it so for every person that i would say that that it gets sucked into the custodial aspect of it there's got to be people that just discover it naturally on the other side like just like well what's the underlying based like the white paper well maybe not reading into that but like just understanding the 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 the, the point that doesn't touch the castellio aspect of it the the banking portion of right. it there are going to be people that are get they're going to get burned that is a given that is going to happen there are lemons out there like cars that are just just garbage of uh, the entire spectrum that doesn't mean the entire product line is garbage it's said uh, that one particular person had a very bad experience the quality control controls not great yeah. but i don't think you have to worry about quality control for bitcoin it's it's still solid all all throughout it's 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 you know keystone it's 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 solid A plus all the way through (laughs)
6: um what i think i think this is all really a transitional problem too is that this is only while we're moving from the old to the new in which we even have to worry about this question of what does this do for bitcoin's reputation because, like, after, mm-hmm. after it reaches market dominance, like, it won't even, again, it will just kind of be the default. And people will, j- just in the same way that people don't think about the Internet's reputation anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's, I think this is all just, like, a short-term. It'll be cash out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: I, I suspect it happens pretty similarly in each culture that Bitcoin will always come in in the black market. And it might not be drugs in a given culture it might be some other aspect the money's not allowed to touch that culture will start there it'll transition to the gray markets and will last get to kind of the normal you know regulated markets but you can think of even like the exchanges we've been using the last couple years were really a gray market product because they should have been doing kyc the whole time so the gray market's bigger than we let on and the black market you know, if we're really talking Afghan farmers, like, should a goat farmer be using Bitcoin? No, but should an opium farmer? Maybe, you know?
4: Possibly. <laughs> Possibly.
1: <laughs> if, he farms both. if he farms both, that's nice. <laughs> that's life. <fun. laughs> oh, no.
7: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, an, that's another interesting construct, though. I mean, the internet has a ton of websites, services, apps on top of it, these things get destroyed scam people all the time but no one blames the internet there's no old man screaming at the internet
1: (laughs) they were angry at a-chan they're angry at a-chan right now
7: (laughs) (laughs) right but i so do you guys think the the internet is is for me it's kind of different Mm -hmm. because it's not really money it's not like it's not money yeah bitcoin is money so when things get broke, things get hacked on the current state of Bitcoin right now, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about right now. The current state, I think that's I still think that's a hit for some reason, guys. But I think in the future, what's going to happen is, like Daniel, you said, we don't know what the hell is going to look like, and I think it'll even out. It's going to be a bank type of system that we wouldn't even today. We probably wouldn't call it a bank, but it, yeah. So. <laughs> A coaster but yeah I think um it's it's just interesting how we're just trying to like fit in this future model into the current model that we have right now and I just don't think it'll be the case at all um
0: well one thing in relation to what you're talking about before with like cash app extending the cash app bitcoin and it's not really their bitcoin until they actually withdraw it on the main chain to themselves I've I've struggled with that in like talking with new people and, for example, recommending Coinbase to someone or recommending Cash App these days is because I'm not going to recommend to a new person that they download Bitcoin Core and do all that stuff themselves. I am going to recommend them this slightly riskier layer two stuff mm-hmm. in hopes that it might catch on with them and they might like withdraw it, it themselves. They might be interested. Does that make me a bad person that I'm like, no, um, yes. I'm
1: recommending? <laughs> you're, you're, you're making Bitcoin an economic se- success, but not an underlying success.
6: <laughs> I just think that if, if you tell people to, you know, go download Bitcoin Core and run a node and like do all that stuff, it will be the difference between whether or not they do it. You know, like, like nobody wants a homework assignment like to figure this new thing out unless they already have some incredible pressure somewhere else right. to do here? it.
4: Who runs a full node? Not getting dust, so. <laughs> my, my <laughs> i no But you have technology.
6: Technology. <laughs> I lost my full node on a
4: boat.
3: <laughs>
0: You're running full node from a boat? Man, that's a small block satellite. Yacht, man, dude, that's forget that's the, the farmer, man. He's <laughs> running it in the ocean. <laughs> right,
3: man,
2: but but for real i I think it's i think it's totally fine i think that's the preferable way to onboard people is to make it as easy as possible and if it sticks and they ask a follow-up question like oh you know fill in the blank interesting follow-up question that you've actually piqued their interest then yeah feel free to i also think second layer question
1: I think nodes are more important when Bitcoin's under attack. Like, I think we, sh- you need a lot of people that are almost like the National Guard that could spin up their nodes at any time and be ready to go quickly, as opposed to uh, most of the other times you j- just a, you need a sufficient number. But other times you might need a- enough so that if half of them got taken off by some state actor or something, we still have enough to keep going.
3: My question is, in the what? What instance is the best possible case to introduce somebody to the use of Bitcoin? Like, hey, I want to buy a beer. Uh, I want to buy a car. I want to buy a house. Or yes, drugs. 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 <laughs> yes. Depends on
5: the uh, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think well, that's one hundred percent correct. I think drugs is the best use case for Bitcoin for onboarding. Yeah. yeah. Maybe
0: you've got like an electronic music festival coming up in the near future or something yeah. like that. I don't gotcha, know. Gotcha. Gotcha. When they become unbanked, is the best time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the Afghan farmer's got a
5: bunch of opium He's like, hey, what am I going to do with all this? Can't do anything with all this, Bobby. I, I, I think we've had this conversation a couple times, and I think every time we, we get into it, we never dance around the, the, the reality of, of, has anyone actually successfully converted someone into a Bitcoiner? I mean, like uh, yeah, like fifteen people, like,
6: all like, in my family. What, what's, <laughs> so, so, so your like, immediate like family, like my friends, right? not not immediate in, family. Well, so
5: t- how did you do that? That's what we need to talk about. We need to talk about like the actual practicalities of doing it. But we're going to talk about how to onboard people. What was their peculiar susceptibility to the interest in it? You have to be interested in discovering what sound money is, why it's a better form of money before you can understand that you can buy drugs online with it. I
3: didn't what? convert people. Sorry to interrupt. Just Sorry. quickly, uh, I didn't convert people. They just saw the fucking bull run in 2017, and it was like I'm gonna make a, a bunch of money. And they're like, hey, "All right, what's Bitcoin?" And then Litecoin and all these shit coins. That's that, it. Yeah. Wasn't converting them. They just saw, hey, there's an exotic games. asset. Yeah. I can get some gains. And yeah. then, then they got it.
2: Did, out of the people here, do you think you can, you know, you convinced yourself, or did someone convince you? Myself.
5: It's 100% you have to convince yourself. I agree. You have to convince yourself.
2: The thing is, is that like you have to get
6: them curious about it. Um, And one of the things like I, I usually open, like when I'm talking to people about it, it almost always comes up just as kind of like a, an interest of people. like It's like, what is this silly thing that You've I gotta heard get them about Bitcoin on the Bitcoin
5: curious or buy yeah. curious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit curious.
3: I think one of the things that helped me personally understand is that why is consensus so goddamn important? Like that was like one of the big reasons like, well, why why does it matter? Like why can't we just have what is what what, what do we need a distributed ledger? Why isn't distributed systems so important? Consensus was like one of the key things for me personally to understand, well, why is Bitcoin so, you know, valuable as a financial asset, the protocol of money, the internet of money, why is that so important?
1: I think I got lucky in that I had like heard about why a gold standard would be better and then later heard about Bitcoin and saw that it was doing the exact same things, but no one could implement the gold standard being better. You just knew, well, if you've seen the argument, it makes sense.
6: I think the biggest thing that people are inherently, like like broadly, like curious about in the context of Bitcoin is how could a virtual thing possibly have value? Um, that's a huge hang up. That's that big everybody point. has, and it's a really easy way to catch their interest, because you'd be like, yeah, it doesn't, it seems like it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, it's a scam. Obviously, it's magic. Yeah. Internet money. Mm-hmm. And, like, you internet know... Internet wizard money. <laughs> yeah, internet yeah. wizard money. But, like, I kind of, like, if I'm ever talking or, like, I find myself in a situation where somebody is asking about it, I never push, like... Never push. Just get them, like, like I feel like my confidence is probably the most important thing in it. It's just like, yeah, man, like, I get, like, all like all the negative perspectives and stuff about it. It makes perfect sense that you would be like, how could something like this actually have value? It just, it sounds stupid when you first think about it. Um, I
3: had somebody high, very high up in the agency that I work for ask me, well, why is there a value associated with it? Mm -hmm. Well, then my response was, well, I don't know if it was a good response, but, well, it's because somebody's willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean that is the value of it, but, well, that's the value of it right at the time that we're having that conversation. It's Mm -hmm. because there's a dollar fiat value associated with the price of what somebody's willing to pay for one BTC. That, That was it. Somebody's willing to pay for it.
6: Yeah, what I usually do is I get them to answer the question for me, mm-hmm. is, um, like, like send them down the rabbit hole of, uh, we'll start, like, with virtual value, what has value, is, have you ever paid for an app? And they're like, well, yeah, of course, I paid for an app. It's like, why? It's completely virtual. Why would you pay for something that wasn't real? What did it do for you that, like, it made something else capable. You can expand more than that though because... It gave you some sort... You could do something with it that you couldn't do without it.
3: Yeah, but if you have the economic mind to extrapolate well if you were to expand that value now yeah it may cost 199 or $399 or $1599 $1999 whatever but you have employees that work X amount of hours they have intellectual property there's the you know incorporation of the company like they need to pay their you know employees Like it, but it, you didn't
6: buy any of no, that you bought an app no, yeah, yeah. you bought you, a piece of
3: software you, you, yeah. you bought a slice of all the effort and work that went into yeah. it like collectively the entire amalgam of like all whatever is doing is that price that you paid. It's the it's the rational economic that's the, exchange.
6: That's the relative cost of it, but that's not its value. Mm-hmm. We can dig holes all day and be yeah. worth, they'd be worthless. Yeah. Um, and in that same sense, if you tried to say, like, Bitcoin was valuable because of that, well, then how many thousands of developers and, like, mm-hmm. its history has been put together from precursors and well, like cryptographers about, that have put it together. Are you talking about
3: intrinsic value or like an actionable value? So intrinsic value doesn't exist. Okay.
9: And once you get to the base of it, yeah. um, it falls apart. It, it falls apart at its base. Mm-hmm. So it's intrinsic, and that's the thing that when people talk about like, oh, well, this can deliver cash flow, or this can deliver this, or it can produce a service, therefore it has value. It only has value if somebody else is willing to pay it's for it, subjective. like oil didn't have value until we found a way to use it. People were had houses sitting on oil fields, and just black stuff came out the ground. I'm like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Objective value, there, but, there is, but there I, is. There.
6: I, I would say subjective doesn't mean not real. Subjective just means it's different for everyone. It's based on your perspective, who you are, and where you're from. Um,
3: My fear of that, then, then it goes into the last fool theory, as in that it's only valuable because there's one last fool that's willing to pay for it, and that's why it's valuable. Well, yeah. you,
9: you can make the argument for any asset mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Stocks, yeah. bonds, like everybody you cannot can make... exit, uh, like Amazon, right? Amazon's worth, let's say, a trillion dollars. If there was a mass sell-off, nobody is getting, everybody who holds stock is not going to get a trillion dollars worth of value from mm-hmm. Amazon if they sold it because as they're selling it, the price is going down. Mm -hmm. So in essence, everything is a greater fool theory.
6: But But you could make that argument even for, like I mean, yes, sort of everything is, but it exists just as much in the real world too. Um, is that how can you actually make use of a thing? Like you could just as easily say, like the person who sold, who buys my car is the greater fool, <laughs> because I value it less now than I used to. But
3: the objective value of it that still transport them from. No, it's, know, it's, not it's not objective.
6: It's not objective. It's entirely yeah. subjective. Yeah. It's entirely yeah. subjective because they have to know how to drive a car. Yeah. They have to know what the hell they're buying. Like it's still entirely dependent on the knowledge and the perspective of the person who is. Yeah buying it Um, and i think bitcoin has just as much utility in that same way in the sense of like where can you get uh where can you participate in an agreement in which you have no question whatsoever of the validity and uh, uh auditability of your agreement like that like what bank can you use that you know 100% 100% no questions asked is not cheating you. How much does it cost to hire a lawyer for an escrow? Do that free in an app. Like the amount of utility that Bitcoin actually provides is massive with one underlying problem being solved. Much the same way that packet switching made the internet possible. It's, it's how you can extend that one function to all other things that have value in the case of Bitcoin.
1: I think Bitcoin is both speculative speculative and a utility. So that its utility, if you want to use Bitcoin to buy something on the internet today, it's objective that how much Bitcoin is worth, you know, and that it, it works to do this transaction. But it's speculative to think you can hold Bitcoin and it'll be worth something in 10 years or even more bullishly, you're speculating it's worth a lot more and have a lot more utility if you hold on to it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But there is an objective value in Bitcoin that you can just see, like it's being used. You can tell that you can't deny that.
0: Um, I think we're we're kind of uh, splitting hairs over subjective and objective because Mm -hmm. so the market average, the, the way I like to think about it, which I think works really well for me, is that like the market average Bitcoin price you can think of that as an objective measure in a way, but it's only an objective measure because it's an average over so many subjective experiences. Yeah. And I, I really like this philosophically because it gets us away from having to ask about objective value in the case where humans are sucked off the earth, right? So that is a really, a really difficult problem. And, and one way to get around that problem is just to say that the things that we say that are objective value are just things that are have a lot of consensus among people's subjective valuations of stuff.
9: But then at what like, level does it become consensus? Yeah, so there's no one who can set that level. Is
0: right. So there technically is nothing that's objective. But if something is just like got such a strong average, we can think of it as objective. But I agree with Guy that like ultimately everything comes down to someone's subjective valuation
6: of something yeah Yeah. Yeah, i think there's a there's a disconnect like semantically like where people tend to think of objective and subjective as kind of real and fake and that's not the case that's not what it means um uh, objective means that it's there regardless like it's always there like objective is something like like there is one microphone End of story. Like like sitting in front of me. Like objective is some sort of there's uh. That <laughs> fell apart <laughs> quickly. <laughs> the back of my brain was like they're gonna go after it. They're gonna they're gonna tear that one apart. But in that sense, Bitcoin has real value in the fact that obviously there are tools and services and people right in front of me with which I can obtain some other value from it. Like like I can obviously utilize this very quickly. and.
1: It's undeniable it has transitive value. Yes. But yes. The, what the ratio is is su- subjective. Yes,
6: yeah. Who values it more or less is... Completely, one hundred percent subjective, as always, with everything that exists. I
3: think where the uh, ob- objective value will occur is that um, there's the idea of like, like I don't know, artificial, like general artificial intelligence, program. being program- <laughs> programmed. like, get out of here, get, get out of here. You hate this. It's all quantum computers and shit. It's all garbage. But but if you were to program it and it has no human behind it. Well, then where is the subjective value? It's just a bit of code that says, if else, if else, if else, and continues on. The, the example that's, that's used is like self-driving cars that are programmably just like, I pick up fares, if I get enough fares, I grab another car, if I grab another car, I produce more fares. Well, then where is the subjective value? Like, Which human is evaluating that? Isn't it just a bit of code that's running along for until the end of time that says, hey, I'll just keep expanding my fleet of self-driving cars until what? It's all over? Calculate? The command of everything?
0: Well, someone would have to program the algorithm for what that algorithm will pay Mm -hmm. for the self-driving cars thing. So like, someone has to code that up Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe that algorithm will make decisions and buy up all the coins. Actually, that's a really interesting scenario.
3: Yeah, we don't want to break the, was it the paperclip uh, problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have, you have a bit of AI. It's like, all right, well, I'm programmed to build as many paperclips. Right. Build, have an AI machine that takes every all the atoms in the entire planet cool. and turns it into paperclips because that's my sole objective.
0: Yeah. yeah. So... Okay, so all right, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here a little bit. So if an AI did have a problem where it started like <laughs> buying like too too many bitcoins, you'd still have the problem where someone would have to sell that AI bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be a subjective decision on whether to sell that AI bitcoin. Also, <laughs> also, I mean, but if all I, there's there's always to me a, a kind of nuclear option in Bitcoin. In which, if there is some kind of crazy systemic problem, you know, we can always change the proof of work algorithm. Like, we can always change the consensus. If, if it's if it's not like a human thing anymore, yeah. if it's been taken over by non humans like bankers yeah. or you know, <laughs> or advertisers, you know, like if it gets taken over by these people, you know, we can always. Did I just call them people? If it take, <laughs> it's taken over by these entities. Yeah. We can always uh, change the consensus, proof-of-work algorithm.
3: What I love was that you, if you were to lose all of the Bitcoins except for one, the network still would run off that one. Isn't it divisible to, like, what, 100, like, you know, one by eight zeros?
0: Yeah, I mean, if one Bitcoin node, it would still contain the whole history, but... You wouldn't have that agreement amongst individual people that we're all uh, seeing the same thing, and that actually I wanted to make this a point about subjective and objective too is that um, one of the reasons the Bitcoin blockchain is awesome is because it looks the same in everyone's computer. Everyone that runs a full node is like subjectively looking at that, but they're all seeing the exact same thing. So it's like. Uh, it's another thing it's like it's a bunch of individual people a bunch of random people everyone has subjective experience but it just so happens that their subjective experience is exactly the same and that's what makes it seem objective
6: yeah and that's one of the really interesting things about it as a technology and a protocol for organizing people is that in that sense it it's, it's objective in, in the way that we're all looking at the exact same thing, and there's no question about it. Yeah. Like even when you're talking about languages like the English language, like we don't mean the same things very frequently when we say the same words. It's not a the, the protocol is not the same with everybody that uses it. Um, I can have the same conversation with somebody on uh, political side, a and political side B and one of them hates me and one of them loves me you know and it's they they hear evil in one corner and uh, freedom in the other whatever some bullshit and so like these protocols break down a lot and Bitcoin is one that does not have that problem when when a transaction happens there's no question as to the meaning nobody misunderstands me in that transaction so uh it's 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 a really interesting i i don't know that's that's kind of the way it bridges all borders and all gaps because it is a protocol that doesn't there, there there's no f- fuzzy lines yeah. you know there's none
2: to to push back on that <laughs> point just a bit i agree that you know if we're running Bitcoin core you know we're all gonna agree that objectively this is the state of the blockchain and this is what's all happened but this is kind of a a thing that a lot of people have different feelings on like can you like if 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 you're running a version and I'm running a version I see mine like can I say that yours is wrong like if you're if you're ledger is different than mine
1: well i've been thinking about the multiverse and how i'd react to seeing a different construction of the blockchain <laughs> oh, <great>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. before before we go to multiverse which i'm happy to go to um, <laughs> no, no, no.
0: i think that, that <laughs> <laughs> wait, um, i can go with you but it's, 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 it's oh i i want to go with you man. I'm, I'm ready but uh doesn't it all come down to <laughs> doesn't it all come down to when the new block comes out from the miner if both of our versions of, of Bitcoin accept that as a new block, you either accept that as a valid block or you reject that as a valid block. Doesn't it all come down to that?
2: Yeah, I think so. And if you okay. accept it and you call that Bitcoin. Then you're the same. But Yeah, but kind of what I'm getting at is like a lot of people call their version of Bitcoin Bitcoin. But it doesn't accept the same blocks. Yeah, I know.
0: Okay.
6: Well, I think it's like Um, it it ends up being like a networking thing is that if you want to join the community, if you're trying to get the utility out of it that it has from being part of a huge community that's building an an economy, essentially, and you want to be part of that economy, you have to choose the rules that that economy has settled on. Um, In the same way that like, you know, you can be like MySpace really is Facebook and you can tell everybody it's Facebook, but you're not connected to the Facebook network. It's a different Network, um, and uh, in that same way, Bitcoin is—it's uh, about consensus on the rules. Yes, you can change the rules, but you have to—you don't have any control over whatever what somebody else decides is theirs. And your rules might not have anybody; it might not have any utility or any use or any liquidity because nobody wants to play by those. Yeah,
2: and but, but like even in a situation where there was a consensus change, like in the the AI buying up all the Bitcoin and you change the proof of work algorithm. Like there was consensus to change the algorithm, but is that is that Bitcoin?
0: Yeah. So I guess your your the way I would interpret your question is like a semantic question about the name Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a whole other interesting thing that we have to go in the multiverse to answer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, no, but, uh, yeah, I, I think about that a lot. I think it's fascinating. The name Bitcoin, like, that definitely requires some kind of consensus amongst, like, social dynamics amongst people that's, like, outside of the technology,
2: outside of the algorithm. It's like a...
0: It's a social consensus amongst people what we
6: call Bitcoin. Cause
2: like just, but just because you call it that doesn't make it that. Right.
6: Yeah. I mean, it has to be an agreement. Yeah, yeah. The, um, Hasu and Suzu have a really, really great article on this one. It's called Unpacking Bitcoin's Social Contract. Um, and it just talks about like what are the pillars that... It attempts to define what the pillars are that even in the case of a hard fork, what would it mean for it to still be Bitcoin? Um, and what kind of social consensus is around it. It's really, really interesting dynamic, and it like breaks it down to like four things. It's actually uh, pretty similar to the path to Bitcoin maximalism by uh, BTC sessions. It's like uh, can't be counterfeited uh, 21 million um, uh, in uh, uh, easily verifiable and uh, censorship resistant.
1: I, but I don't think those will hold up in the same way that like, a literal interpretation of the Bible eventually broke down. That people, you know, all these things will be subjective in the
6: future. That's yes. This is this is entirely <laughs> on social consensus, though. Yeah. So, like that, yeah. does not benefit from the clarity. And like that, that's a that's a social consensus, like a language. Yeah. Um, it's much messier. Uh, it's not. I mean, you just look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Bitcoin SV. I mean, look how quickly and easily that can break down into completely different ideas of what this thing is um so it's yeah and that's kind of just the point i'm making is that like
2: somebody who like is all in on bitcoin sv like they're probably going to call it bitcoin not bitcoin sv and to them like they can think that for themselves and believe themselves but it doesn't make them right you know in the broader public
0: i I've, when I think about this, I've come to the conclusion that the exchanges play the biggest role in the semantics of what name the different networks are because those are the ones that uh, make the exchanges between different coins of different networks. So it's a lot of power to give the exchanges. But if you noticed in this whole, like, you know, civil war that happened last year, the biggest thing was what are the exchanges going to name the ticker si- symbol BTC and i think because none of the exchanges you know were willing to change the ticker symbol BTC to to bitcoin cash i think that was huge so i, I think I don't know if this is a, that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think the exchanges have the biggest power in the semantic argument.
5: Well, I, I think it, it goes even one step further than that. I think the the name of what you call a currency or, or call something of value only matters when it comes time to exchange it with something else or someone else. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. I, I think that's the only time it matters.
6: Yeah, because it's... Huh. it's that's interesting because it's, it's social it's, it's consensus. Piracy. It's when yeah, you it's want piracy. to share it with someone else. So like you have to have that same shared illusion as to what it's called or like what it is that we're because moving so or exchanging. It. So it's
4: possible that one day in the future we'll call ourselves the Ripple Army.
2: <laughs> it's at least it's at
6: least a possibility. If, if you looked at I'll the put po- it low on the list Wait, of <laughs> I,
3: <laughs>
1: because if you just. Stand out if you just independently audited the code of all the forks of bitcoin it, you wouldn't and you didn't know about the forks you i don't know if it would be obvious that you weren't looking at what you thought was bitcoin because they're going to look so similar in the way that
6: well if you know like there's a lot of differences now between sv and bitcoin cash or whatnot um but i mean if you're looking at the client maybe not like if you just knew it like as deep as the client is um, it'd probably be a bit to figure it out but I think on Steve's point of the exchanges having the power is that I don't really think they do hold that power um, They it looks like that because that's the response like, like that is kind of the I guess it's the hammer on the court case you know but it's like the jury is still the one that makes the decision and um, don't don't get at me, Jared. I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, but uh, in the sense that the exchanges have to please their customers, mm-hmm. and if their customers are like, Good point. You, you, you're not, you're not changing the ticker symbol. Like you're full of it. Um, and that's kind of what we saw. And then the power of uh, the the defensive power of running a full node is that you won't be able to receive my Bitcoin if. I run a full node, like, you'll get, like, a shit or You can essentially kick the exchanges off the network if the users decide that they have changed what is what. Um, and it still makes a big difference, and they still are in a position of power because they're kind of that bridge between the people who are not here and the people who are looking to get here kind of thing. Um, so they do have, like, a position of, like, visibility, but I don't think they hold the power. I think... They are just as subjected to what their customers think Bitcoin is um, as pretty much any other service.
9: Yeah. I think when that whole um, f- the fork happened between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash occurred, I think a lot of exchanges leading up to it took a pulse of what people were saying from the developers and just a general community to kind of get consensus. Because I think there was a lot of reputational risk for the exchanges if they got it wrong. If they just unilaterally said that Bitcoin Cash was Bitcoin and the um, the nodes didn't turn on or the miners didn't pull their hash power to mine it instead and stayed on what was no longer called Bitcoin, that's reputational damage for any of those exchanges that were involved.
7: Was there, was there an exchange that... Labeled Bitcoin Cash as Bitcoin. Then, Bitcoin, when this happened, uh, oh,
3: there were so, there so. were. Um,
9: yeah.
6: pool. I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, <laughs> I think it was Bitfinex. Maybe that they didn't. They didn't label Bitcoin as Bitcoin Cash. Um, but somebody started selling because you think about it. Like Segwit2x basically showed uh, this whole like oh, dynamic because yeah. so many exchanges. Um, were in fact behind Segwit2x. All the miners, it's like something like 80 some, or no, no, it was like 90 some odd percent supposedly of the miners were like, yeah, we're going to call Segwit2x Bitcoin. And then somebody started selling futures contracts. Uh, I think it was Bitfinex. Mm -hmm. And it was selling at a tenth of the price of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And that was when all the exchanges, that's when everybody started getting nervous. User activated soft fork was catching a lot of lot of steam like that was moving quickly um, and uh, all the exchanges are getting scared because they're talking about holding an asset on their software that's worth tenth as much and then risking 90% of their liquidity in pissing it off um, and and like, mm-hmm. I think that futures market was really the thing that said we got to get the, we got to pull yeah. the shit out of this that this was is, really cool yeah. to see. this is gonna be Bitcoin it's like, going to be the same chain, and Zegwa Two X will just be. You can be talk S2X it up and coin. tweet
2: about it as much as you want, but like nobody was putting their money behind that yep. thing. Yep. Like yeah. you could make ten extra money just by buying that futures contract, and nobody was buying it. Yeah. Yeah, like,
1: that's such a smart idea that other industries should do: is offer future contracts based on like an i product idea yeah. to see if there's yeah. any interest first. And yeah, people, because I don't think people would have known without a futures contract that it was that low. Yeah. that people was. You know the wisdom of the crowd thought it, that it was only at a 10% chance
5: of success I yeah I think to my advertisers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's
6: I think people dismiss how important pricing things like like futures markets and derivatives and stuff actually are in a healthy market in a stable market for actually finding prices for things for actually being a brilliant market indicator for something exactly like that that Nobody wanted Segwit 2X. It's like, well, shit. We should really change our plans. Like that made huge shifts in businesses in the space, um, and they called it off like two days before it happened. Um, so uh, I, I think I think it kind of gets a bad rap because it's in. We see it in such a shitty economy that's not got market prices and is so horribly out of balance with our debt levels and stuff that we just attribute it to financial collapses and you know it's like speculators are evil it's like well no they're doing the job of speculating as a zero-sum game like you lose money on speculating all you're doing is desperately trying to find where prices are low to get to buy resources to accumulate resources and get it to where prices are high where nobody has the resources that's a really important job in the market and it's a stabilizing job not a volatility job Yeah,
9: like traders. So traders are very important, especially people hate short sellers, where short sellers are absolutely vital to the market because they can tell you whether they can infer more information about a product or an asset saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, the fundamentals are not lining up. I wouldn't pay this much for it. And then the price goes down. I mean, I, I, I know there's this big thing in the financial markets where short sellers are the devil. Um, before Lehman collapsed, Dick Fuld, the CEO, was like, "I want to take all the short sellers and grind up their hearts and like feed." Like he was like, he hated them. He hated them, but they were providing a service and more information about how shitty Lehman's books were. Does and and if need to wrong, get out?
2: If they're wrong, they're going to get crushed. They're going to get crushed. Like so
9: if they're if they're willing to put capital that they have borrowed from somebody else to say your shit sucks, and I'm willing to borrow and pay interest rate on it to sell against you,
6: uh, that is, there is like... There, the,
9: that's that's, well, that's yeah. real. Yeah.
7: That's
6: real. That's <laughs> conviction is what that is. conviction that your business plan is not going to survive in the long run, and I'm gonna make a lot of money off of it. Yeah.
7: So, I mean, from that standpoint, I mean, wouldn't uh, Bitcoin suffer a social attack at that point, because I mean, were you at UASF, when that happened, roughly how many nodes are available for Bitcoin? I think maybe like eight, seven thousand ish nodes, maybe. Mm. You mean Just like actually like active full, on the network? Full nodes.
9: we yes, Full yeah. nodes yeah. For,
6: for like behind the scenes full nodes. It actually got up to. It was fluctuating between about sixty and ninety thousand. What? But so yes. Okay. That's, yeah, you have. All
0: right. So I, I know I know this discrepancy. Yeah. So yeah. So oh. it. So if you go to like Coin Dot Dancer, you go to um coin nodes or Bitcoin bitcoinnodes.com, you'll see like 10,000-ish. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Luke Dash Jr.'s protocol, which measures the Bitcoin nodes that have not opened their ports correctly on their routers, then you get like 100,000. So it's only like, it's only 10,000 Bitcoin nodes that have actually gone into their routers and they've opening the the port forwarding correctly so that they can be discoverable for new nodes, but total Bitcoin nodes, including the ones that aren't discoverable is about a hundred thousand.
2: It's the difference between receiving, like this laptop could be a full node, but it doesn't broadcast transactions to the rest of the peer to peer network. The 10,000, that's the number of nodes that are broadcasting new transactions out to different people to help, you know, get other nodes up and keep them in sync. The hundred thousand is just a copy of the blockchain. Yeah. It's yeah.
6: It's whether they accept requests from the network. Like if I spin up a light wallet and just connect randomly to the network, I am only going to be talking to one of those ten thousand nodes that are publicly available. So but the. But that wasn't yeah, 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 was so your
7: did
8: yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Clear. <clears> that was
7: Yeah, that's that's, that's interesting because I, I mean, so we're still talking about those ten thousands that actually have control over Bitcoin, right? Sure. So. That's ten thousand. When this goes to economic success, these are millions we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Can a network of ten thousand strong-willed users defend against a social attack of maybe, let's say, a psychopath is able to convince millions of people that Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin, right? He does it successfully. You would he or have she. to be a psychopath. Right. You would yeah. have to be a, a legit <laughs> psychopath. Right. <laughs> What's the defense mechanism? Like, let's let's do some quick game theory here, right? But uh, how would that even work? And the numbers are not, the numbers don't line up. The
1: people that run Bitcoin nodes are kind of like super soldiers. They're kind of, they're one man armies. They're not gonna listen to some (laughs) side.
6: They're just gonna Rick. do. They're not gonna
1: do what anybody else tells them to. They are just kind of gonna be stubborn assholes about it and continue running their nodes. Yeah. In my opinion, it's not like yeah. an objective normal person. They're they're especially selected from they're, the general public.
9: They're ideologues. It's kind of like the same. It's I, I kind of see this as the same thing of, you know, well, what's stopping uh, Bitcoin from falling into like a death death spiral as far as like price? Right. Well, you have a lot of OGs that believe in this thing hundred percent. It will not let this thing fail. So they will kind of be the ones that kind of disseminates the, 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 the ethics or what it is about Bitcoin. They're kind of like the standard bearers of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna be very hard to convince 10,000 if you assume a vast majority of them are, have that caliber of ideology or just conviction in it to go along with the social attack. Yeah, the,
6: and I also and, think you have to remember that it's not, it is not just the 10,000 that you have to convince. It is the full hundred thousand because anybody who is running a node is doing so defensively in the sense that, like, I like the reason you run a node is because somebody can't send you Bitcoin Cash. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not if, if I'm running a full node, that's just not possible. I can be I can be tricked if I'm on a light wallet or I'm connected to a service that says, "Oh, this Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin." But if I'm running a, a node, then that's 100,000 people on the network who cannot receive your fake coin. Um, and that's the market. That's the buying pressure that can't buy your shit coin.
2: Mm. Yeah. And, and they have to be convinced to change the software they're running to accept the shit
6: coin. They have to uninstall one and install a new one <laughs> yeah. in order to accept the shit coin. Um, so, so
2: what if you
7: convince them? uninstall one, install another one, and that other one has the same amount of coin that they had before.
6: Then, then the network or the community or whatever switches over to whatever the new coin is. Wait, 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 wait. Not, I'm, yeah, not about,
7: I'm not talking about the super soldiers. I'm not talking about, <laughs> about the guys, the 100,000 extra people who are not like fully meshed in the network and broadcasting.
0: The Afghani, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Afghani <laughs> farmer so node. No, no, no. So wait, so our our conversation about the exchanges labeling something is relevant here. Yes. So so yeah, if this psychopath can convince all of the exchanges to change their name, which means that the exchanges. You know, like that conversation you were talking about has to take the pulse of their customers, mm-hmm. and all of, and the exchanges convince all their customers to like change what they call Bitcoin and to change all their nodes. If that psychopath is like able to do all this, then he will have succeeded but I, I think that's that that's just not going to happen if,
9: if he gets yeah, to that probable. if he gets to that point then why stop at bitcoin like he can literally convince <laughs> anybody that he's a dictator and he has divine <laughs> right to rule over everybody yeah,
5: right. I, yeah, This same true. concept yeah. would happen if bitcoin switched to larger blocks i mean like we we've seen what this would happen if a majority of the people do it then that becomes bitcoin yeah.
1: what i'm concerned about is apparently out of 10 pe- people running a Bitcoin node, only one of them successfully configured it. And that's tragic. Is that what's really going on?
6: No, it's not. It's, <laughs>
5: it's, <laughs> that's, that's definitely not what's going on. It's, it's whether
6: or not you're, um, you're literally configuring your point. You're still doing the job of a Bitcoin node. You just aren't accepting requests from people running light wallets.
1: I think they wanted to be able to accept requests, and they don't even know they misconfigured (laughs) their node.
6: Well, they didn't misconfigure their node. They just don't know how to forward ports on a router. They don't know that their router doesn't allow people to just send requests to their house.
2: But honestly, that's one of those things where... A lot of people, yeah, you spin up a node and you're like, all right, cool, I'm running a node. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm not helping other people run nodes. It's just me. <laughs> Those people can be easily be tricked by a psychopath to jump to the wrong chain. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to forward your ports. <laughs> you're screwed. <hey>? No comment.
3: <laughs>
0: that, that, that doesn't change the exchange thing,
3: though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
5: there is a, sec- there is a security uh, perspective to take into consideration. Port forwarding and universal plug and play with a lot of... Um, uh, commercial Bitcoin nodes like Casa node. Yeah. You have to set up universal plug and play and I just, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm part of that group but because I made that decision and I think there's a lot of people that are smart enough Because you've
1: just chosen, lots of them have just chosen to protect their own transactions. That's all they want to do. Yeah.
5: Okay. Right.
0: I mean, like, um, not... Port forwarding. I mean, not. I mean, you're still participating in the network. You're still making the network stronger. You're still protecting your own transactions. You're still maintaining another independent copy of the blockchain that you call Bitcoin. I mean, you're you're you're, still sharing blocks and transactions. Yeah, you're still making the network like totally stronger. You're you're just not helping new people join the network, which is just an added benefit. So, I mean, the people that aren't port forwarding, you know, they're still you know contributing to what is the name bitcoin like for sure
5: it's a three quarter note yeah yeah something like that yeah. i have a i feel like we need to go to this multiverse thing. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> dude the afghan
0: farmers in the multiverse was... so we got to save them
7: i was just about to go multiverse i was going to say if, <laughs> if satoshi came back there we go you can <laughs> back. and he Stop. said all you I'm not gonna curse. All of you are running fake notes. <laughs> here's the here's a real Bitcoin. What would you guys do? It would. I don't think it would matter. And he 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 checked all the signatures, right? He signed all the signatures. It's the real Satoshi. I, I don't think it would. And he came back like, "What the what the hell are y'all doing here? This is not Bitcoin."
9: I'm just gonna say, I don't think it will matter.
5: here ah. to my vision. Yeah. Okay.
9: Well,
0: I think I, in this other multiverse, this other verse that Satoshi lives in, what can I trade from that multiverse to get like cool shit? <laughs> you know, like what products and services can I obtain in with this other Bitcoin? like streaming well, services? Fuck yeah, I'm this, changing my Bitcoin bit note. game.
5: I, I kind of think I, there is a novel question in there. If if Satoshi did come back and Satoshi was able to prove that it was him on the chain. Um, and there was no question as to the veracity of of that person's identity, and they said that Bitcoin SV is the real Bitcoin, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or just came back generally and said, you know what, this is not what I envisioned Bitcoin to be. Yeah. Uh, what what actual Bitcoin is? What do you think people would do, and how do you think they would react? I think that's a nibble, an evol and interesting multiverse question.
6: I don't <laughs> multiverse question. Um, I don't think it would have much effect, um, because it would immediately humanize him, like. Like, it would immediately take away his deity status, and it'd be like, here's this guy who's telling me. Like, now it would be uh, who's gonna argue with him. I think there would still be some people who would be like, oh, Satoshi has returned. And, you know, they would just, just like there's a small community that I don't think anybody who runs BSV doesn't think, I think you'd be an idiot to run BSV and not think that Craig is Satoshi. So technically, that's already happened for a bunch of people. But how many? You know, like, and...
8: At
1: (laughs) least (laughs) one. I I feel it would be a really bad look, and I would compare it to Satoshi revealing himself to, like... He'd look like Steve Wozniak. No one... Take Steve Wozniak that serious about the current direction of Apple at all, even though he was vital to the early days. You know, I think it's like it's definitely someone worth talking to if he wants to go on CNBC or something. But as far as him actually having pull.
6: Yeah, he's not going to move the stock price. But
0: Well, I'm just going to add to Jared's uh, situation. He could sign a message, you know, from Satoshi's coins. That, so this isn't just like Craig Wright saying he's Satoshi. This is like he's proven that a he, from Satoshi. No, he. This is proven that he, the message is in you know a signed transaction yeah. that is proven to be from the Satoshi's coins that he owns. So that that would make it different. But I still also,
2: don't. Also, <laughs> in this situation, we leave out the key fact that this Satoshi character wants us to change to a different chain why isn't he dumping all his coins that he holds on BTC today? So if he's not dumping those coins, I'm not selling either. That's a good point.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah
5: I, I think that if, if if there was a Satoshi that came back, there would be a lot of people trying to um, vilify him. Once you know who the person is, you can paint a target on his back. You yeah. can you can really dive into what they've done, the speeding tickets they've had. He'd be doxed to no end. Um, Did you see what he did at this party in college? And there would be the inevitable charges of sexual harassment. (laughs) Um, Not that I'm trying to make some political statement, I just think that people will come out the woodwork and and say all kinds of crazy stuff. Which is why I think it's Bitcoin's, one of its major components of its its success is the fact that Satoshi's been anonymous.
1: And I think that if you wanted to blindly follow Satoshi, you would not necessarily be wrong. I think the fact that he hasn't moved his coins is a superhuman act. And the fact that that plus yeah. bit creating Bitcoin itself is like, you know, is someone really going to come up with a better answer than Satoshi? You could just blindly follow him if he did, ever did come back, and I like I wouldn't have a problem with that.
8: Yeah.
2: You, it wouldn't be the dumbest thing you've ever done to yeah. be like, yeah, maybe this guy's got a point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think there's a significant population now that doesn't care about Satoshi anymore. Like, Bitcoin has achieve some kind of centralization where it's like, okay, whatever, maybe Satoshi Satoshi did come back, but we're now in a state where we want a leaderless coin. And we would like, you know, whatever Satoshi says is the new coin is not the new coin because that new coin now has a known leader. And the most important property of a money is that it doesn't have a leader. Like, I think there's, there's kind of a critical mass of, of people that think like that now
6: yeah uh, I agree. in fact, I feel like I'm part of that yeah. like group because like I, like what Satoshi made available and like the foundation that he put into this is unbelievable and unquestionably like a huge I mean he he's the contribution that made it, you know um, but at the same time, like if we actually found out, that Craig Craig Wright was Satoshi, even though I know it's completely ridiculous to think that. But let's say something like he signed with the keys tomorrow, wouldn't matter to me. Like I would still think Bitcoin Satoshi's vision is stupid. Um, like I don't I don't judge it because of who Satoshi who I think Satoshi is. In fact, Satoshi made a couple of mistakes or like miscalculations I think at the beginning that have been since corrected and better understood he lived in a world in which the thing didn't exist we've had 10 years to understand what it means we've had 10 years to figure out where it really does apply and what makes it a differentiator like in the realm of finance and the world of money so yeah yeah, i I don't think i don't think it would make any difference he would have to make a very compelling argument yeah i agree i don't think think it would
2: make a difference to me either and i think it would just be the most perfect like thing if, if he you know did come out and it was like proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was this person and everybody in Bitcoin is just like Yeah that's cool. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. That would be That's amazing. awesome. Thank you I, so
6: I, much. Can I get you on my podcast but yeah, I'm not I, updating my software <laughs> no. I,
1: I mean I do think that is the that wrong so reaction cool. is not to care at all. I think that Satoshi coming out at this point he's obviously not Craig Wright. Realistically
2: he's gonna be some really cool genius guy. Yeah. And honestly and, like well we talked about, you know Bitcoin success a while back, like that would be a tremendous factor in I would say considering Bitcoin a success is if Satoshi couldn't get done what he wanted to get done. So mm. the question comes. Yeah, that's sorry. a really good point. Yeah. Just
3: quickly, then, who do you estimate or guess was Satoshi? Oh. Yeah, that's a whole other.
2: You know, kind of word.
6: Um, I actually asked uh, Aaron Van Verdam this question when I had him on the show, oh. and he. Uh, I asked him if, well, well, first, his answer was, I don't want to know. Um, but I asked him if, like, during his Genesis Files series and, like, his studies of, like, the early cypherpunk yeah. mailing list and stuff, like, do, do I think, uh, do you think you, like, wrote about this person? Do you think one of the people that you covered or whatnot? And he was like, you know, I think there's definitely capability that it could be um, Nick Zabo clearly a candidate um, uh, uh, why day or, or way die I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it um, and uh, like there are definitely a handful of people who were absolutely candidates my my 75% candidate is Ava, um in my opinion uh, but he, he also said that like I still think though that it could, it could just as easily be there were a lot of quiet people on that mailing list who clearly knew what they were talking about, but just kind of quiet observers said and it could absolutely just as easily be one of them. They had just been kind of watching the show for a long time and then decided to build they kind of like saw maybe there is a solution to this and then built it and released it and stayed that quiet
2: never that really It's just so awesome that yeah. it genuinely could just be somebody who they were just. All, just nobody knows. Yeah, just nobody, nobody they're, knows. And they're, they're, when, the, when the product started gaining steam, they're just like, okay, this is too much. I'm out. I think in general, when
1: people have done this before, there have been authors that have kept their identity secret their whole lives. And they tend to not be someone who is also known in another capacity. It's more often they were just a nobody that preferred to just stay unknown because they assessed life accurately enough. They're like, you know what? Fame's not great. I'm not gonna fall for that trick just to learn what everyone else already
5: knows. Yeah, you know, I really hope that he's sitting somewhere having a, a good old fucking chuckle at us that we're Dude, talking me too. about this because that would be a fucking kick-ass joke. Just like you're the only person that knows that you're changing, you've changed the world, and nobody else knows. That's 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 true power.
0: Uh, getting back to the question a while ago, uh, it just occurred to me. My opinion on whether i switch my node over to the multiverse Satoshi <laughs> is That's important question. If there answer. was a multiverse silk road and there's drugs out there that I've never space imagined Force. before, space <laughs> drugs, like multiverse <laughs> drugs. <laughs> so space that'd be a factor in my decision. Would that
2: make you finally buy Bitcoin? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's a drug called multiverse if you look hard
1: enough. <laughs> My concern is actually that blockchain—that blockchain's is creating the objective reality that's disrupted the multiverse and is preventing it from fracturing, so that it, oh, you know you is need the—is fr-
6: that the the root that you, they all are stuck to? Yeah,
1: you need you need to be able to fracture to survive, and we're now don't have that ability and will eventually dead end.
2: Proof of work killed the multiverse. Yeah, no, dude, that's not crazy. like well, proof-
1: also, if you look into like you know the. Uh, revelations and stuff like that, it's all pretty clear. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Clearly, guys. Guys, come on. Well, Didn't you read it? Then, man. Who's We I mean, got the, the horse- global
5: currency <laughs> that my dad's been <laughs> <would> preaching about. <laughs> <laughs> the prophecy. It's the only book of the Bible
3: and come uh come
0: it's uh, it's proof of verse. I mean, it, <laughs> proof of work is the thing that ties all the multi multiverses together.
6: Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Dude, yeah. To do
1: that? I'm
3: verse,
0: totally on board with
6: this. Let's do this. All right. Dude, uh, I'm going
3: to run the multiverse now, and I'm like, you guys, <laughs> just hedge on my bets.
7: It's probably an ICO called that. <laughs> <Not how> multiverse <laughs> going.
6: <laughs> dude, you know that's already out there. That's you. already out there.
5: So, um... I don't know if we're at a certain point. People stop talking into the mics, so I want to throw okay. something out there before we before we stop heading in that direction, okay. guy. I kind of feel like we need to know about what's going on with that thing that you announced. Are we are we cool to talk about that? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I hope the rectal surgery goes. Say well. it, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. We weren't supposed
6: to talk Holy about. it. <laughs>
4: like an announcement to the announcement though
6: uh, yeah yeah I announced on the um, uh, the crypto economy telegram uh, that I've got an audiobook deal and I'm very excited about it so yes.